We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. episode 349 of the Win in 6 podcast. Proudly a part of the Eurostep Podcast Network of the Blue Hour Podcast family. I'm your host, Adam McGee, and joining me as always, it's my good friend, Jordan Tresky. Jordan, hello. Hello. How are you doing? Doing well. How about you? I'm glad to hear it. I'm also doing well. We are here to pick back up to continue on with our Fans of the Champs series. Um, people have been enjoying it we've been getting all sorts of perspectives on the books over the years the books finally getting over the line and winning the second championship in franchise history and today i'm glad to say we have uh, a friend and former colleague a boat of ours we have uh, one of the the co-site experts at behind the book pass we have dalton self dalton it's it's great to have you on the pod Thank you. I've been, you know, I've been listening for a while and I've been hoping I'd get the chance. So when Jordan messaged me and said that you guys were doing the fan of the champs and you wanted me to do it, I was, I was thrilled. No, we're, we're really, really happy to have you on board and looking forward to go through this. It's all, there's always some nice surprises and we end up down some roads we maybe didn't expect. So let's, let's start at the very beginning. Why are you a books fan, Dalton? It's, it's really weird. I like in preparation for this, I tried to find the answer, but growing up, we were kind of like, we were really football, you know, everything was about the Packers. Mm-hmm. So I didn't grow up with like the Bucks, really, but I was a kid. I don't remember how old I was, but like really little. And my dad came home with these, these Bucks tickets. And all I remember is they were playing the Nets and that's it. That's when I became a Bucks fan. 
but I've tried and I've tried to find, you know, what game it was, what the final score was, but I don't remember. But just since then, it's always been kind of more the Packers, but over the years, you know, since Giannis came, it's just the Bucks have definitely taken over in that department, I guess. And, you know, it, when I started writing, I guess it kind of took off even more because I had to pay much closer attention to it. So, yeah, we, we definitely we know all about that, how, <laughs> how it then starts to take over your mind uh, in a completely different way at that point. So Bucks Nets game. So you don't remember, but can you remember players or is it really like, is it just it's a blank slate for you? Can you remember any of the details, jerseys, any of the stuff from that that game? It's just, Yeah, it's just so like vague because I remember we were sitting right behind the basket and they were wearing the, I don't know the names of the jerseys, but they were the the red and green jerseys. And I I just can't remember any players that were there. I was so, so young and all that. But that was my first Bucks related experience, I guess. And it, it pains me that I can't think of who it was or anything like that. But I, I Googled so many games and tried to line up, you know, the age with what I would have been and all that. But I just couldn't do it. You know what? I think it's kind of fitting that maybe you're at a books game in that particular era of books basketball and you don't remember it because it's safe to say that was not the most memorable era of books basketball. So it's, it's maybe not Same entirely. For the Nets. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, that too. Um, not entirely shocking. So I guess, like, do we call this your first book's memory? Because you don't actually remember. Maybe. What is your first book's memory? Do you, can you think of something then that you can pinpoint and be like, well, that is the thing, whether it's a game you went to or a game you remember watching where it's like, it's a point where maybe you even took a further step or were more invested in the team. It would really be that game just because I have, like, vivid memories of being there. You know, like I said, right, right behind the basket. I remember the jerseys, but... Other than that, you know, it was just kind of thinking that hope was there. You know, like back in the day, Monte Ellis was one of the one of the guys I thought, you know, was going to come in and change everything. But, you know, that didn't really work out. So. And for you then, was it like you mentioned? So football was was, I guess, up until that point, that was the sport that you were maybe kind of most invested in or you're following most closely or even your family were following most closely do you think it was the live in-person element of going to that game was it something about that about live nba basketball that hooked you beyond that and it's then the realization of oh these are the books there's a there's a wisconsin team there or was it something even more specific do you think about the books i think it was really just that you know growing up like i said it was all football you know i played football my dad played football my brother did and there was no like just no basketball we didn't watch it you know it was just kind of there like I'd never really been exposed to it so you know when I going to that game you know dad just came home out of nowhere I don't even know where he got the tickets but he just brought him home and said hey we're gonna go to a Bucks game and I said oh I don't know anything about the Bucks you know I was just a little kid but and then I think going there and I'm like yeah hey we have a a team down here I should probably pay attention to those guys and then I started to more and more as I got older and I that's just yeah that's just kind of where it took off I don't have that specific where it started but you know it's just kind of gotten more and more over the years as I've gotten older to the point where I'm you know in deep right now with it 
You sure are. You're in right up to your neck. Um, that that's something though. I think your origins there. I don't know what you think, Jordan. To me, as the outsider, that would seem to be maybe not all that uncommon in Wisconsin. I mean, particularly before maybe the last five, six years, where maybe for a whole generation of Wisconsinites growing up as sports fans, now things might be different. Um, now that Giannis is there and now the Bucks have a championship. But whether it's Packers or I guess it's even like Badgers football or whatever, it's there there is probably a very significant, um, dare I say, vast majority of the population in Wisconsin who are sports fans. That would have been their route, right, Jordan? Oh, yeah. Football and then just stumble in, if if at all, at some point to the books and to basketball. Well, even like if you're strictly talking about basketball, I know I'm probably a little older, but like your entry way may not be in the bucks at all. It'd be the bulls. That's how it was for me when you know, the last couple of years of, or even there are probably like, obviously Marquette of their golden eras. Yeah. You've, you've had more recently, I guess you had the Badgers in basketball too. There's probably other ways too, where people have been brought into basketball in the state. Yeah. And so it's, it's very much like if you're, if you come in through another, sport whether it's like football or baseball or whatever it is you kind of like want to complete the trifecta or whatever but sure. the bucks were largely you know outside of 2001 it wasn't like they were you know a a team to kind of pay attention to or of stature uh really at the time so yeah i, I think that's very common that it's like i'm sure i probably have memories of it where it's like i don't know who was really on this team or remember this game but it's it still plants a seed in terms of like oh yeah like there is something there that you want to pay attention to and you know follow and to just round out because jordan mentioned the trifecta there to round out the sports picture picture for you dolphin are you or would you have been a brewers fan as well would that have been something competing um when you're younger for for the kind of your attentions with the books or was it very much you were all football and then the books kind of worked their way in um, I'd say baseball was kind of there. It it was definitely there over the Bucks growing up, but it wasn't as prominent as football. You know, like everything in our everything in our house was. Well, my dad's a Packers fan, and my mom is from Illinois, so it's like Packers Bears. And kind of going off what Jordan said, I kind of had that exposure to the Bulls too, because my mom's family is from Illinois. So, you know, like ten years ago or whatever, when we would go down there, it was it was the D Rose Bulls, and they were so good. That you know, I kind of, kind of rooted for him, I guess, because so much of my family was from down there, and I think maybe that kind of helped get me more into basketball too. And it's not that I rooted for them over the Bucks, I would say, but you probably didn't know the Bucks. I mean, that's the <laughs> that's the reality of that, and even I guess the after effect of the Bulls in the nineties and Jordan's time, not Jordan Tresky, Michael Jordan, <laughs> uh, is that just their awareness like i i have no doubt about it that long before i had ever heard of the milwaukee books or had any idea who they were on the other side of the world i knew who the chicago bulls were like Mm -hmm. uh, i think that's certainly part of it and with the proximity too for anyone growing up in wisconsin um it's it's no real surprise i mean i think there's there's obvious reason for the crossover and even more recently like if we take it back to the before this kind of this iteration of the team and when Giannis was young it's like it's kind of easy to forget now when Pfizer form sells out every night with books fans and that's not a big deal 
but in my time covering the team, like I, I remember the first year you and I would have started writing about them, Jordan, when like the Bulls game would come and it would just be a full on invasion. And the worst part of that may be that a lot of them weren't actually coming from Chicago. They were right there, probably in the state or in the city already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay, Dalton. So who would you say was your first favorite books player? You've already you've already mentioned Monte Ellis. Would that be the answer? Or is there any other names that kind of stick out to you as players that you latched on early on as kind of favorites of the books? Um, yeah, it's a good question. I mean, I I thought he would be the like I said, I thought he would be the savior. That obviously didn't happen, but um that I didn't even think to answer that. I'd probably say it was him, yeah, just because that was right around the era where maybe I started getting more and more into it. So, like, everything was just watching him, I guess. And, but yeah, yeah, I'd probably say it was him. I think the thing about Monte that I remember, and I wasn't watching from a book's perspective at that time, is that who he was with the Warriors, like, I think in hindsight, I'm a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I would know that, well, that's not necessarily a guy you're going to get. And as a key part of your team, you're going to win a lot of games. But he was an exciting player. Like, he was a flashy and exciting player who could pass, he could score, and was like a really dynamic all-offense guard that from when he was with the Warriors to then getting to the books, like, you could see the reason for excitement and real optimism around him. And then when... Brandon Jennings comes in and does some of the stuff he does as a rookie. Like it's it's not hard to understand why a certain energy bubbled up around that particular team, right, Jordan? Oh yeah, um, especially for you're trading away Andrew Bogut, the first overall pick, what in 2005, so seven years prior to that. Like that was such a monumental trade, and kind of encapsulated the that the that era whether it's her cole's tenure just kind of like wanting it by all means to, to remain competitive and just try to keep some semblance of you know shooting for a playoff spot or whatever it was um it was hard not to be captivated by monte ellis whether for good reasons or for bad reasons <laughs> where he's like kind of i don't know i think looking back at it now you'd you'd be more I would probably be more kind of like blunt about where his commitment was. For rather sure. Than at the time, you're more hopeful, like, yeah, he's going to be it kind of thing. Mostly, you didn't know better based on the yeah. book themes you're watching mostly up until that point, too. And I, I think that's definitely for younger books fans who came up with that kind of team. It's like, oh, well, this guy's exciting. You know, he can play. He's exciting. I, I get that. And that's if you don't know any better, you don't know the the difference. You haven't seen the difference between well, yeah, he can do this, but he doesn't have the attitude to get him kind of over the line to this point, or this kind of player may be a better fit for a winning team. I think up until that, then it's really tough. But, you know, when a player has essentially, you know, a slogan, a motto, and it happens to Monte have it all, I, I don't know what it says about them as a player. I don't know if that necessarily sets up for them being the kind of the key ingredient to a winning team, as ultimately it proved to be. So is there is there anyone else, or if that's kind of an early point in your fandom, would it be safe to say, Dalton, that it it kind of started to ramp up a little for you from that point on? Were there 
memories you have from teams of that era or other players, whether it's stars or role players who kind of came and go, whether it's at that time or in the years that followed, how would you say your, your books fandom kind of progressed at that point? Was it a kind of very slow, gradual thing up until, say, the arrival of the likes of Giannis and Chris and the team takes on a new form? Or were you already kind of finding yourself more and more hooked into, I guess, what was the annual race for the eighth seed with the books at that time? Yeah, I definitely feel like football was still like the priority, but basketball was something I was like just starting to look into. Like, I missed the whole the whole Ray Allen era because I was so young, and then I missed not all of the Michael Red, but like just a lot of the Michael Red because I was so young and I was still mostly football. But I'd say it really took off like when Giannis got drafted because there was some like some semblance of hope, like maybe like hey we could like get out of the gutter. There was all that talk about moving to a different place. And Uh I think Giannis just kind of like sparked that. And I know I'm definitely not the only person that has said that, but just somebody to like give new hope and obviously to where we are now that's happened, but definitely that year and just seeing what his rookie season was bad. But even then there was like some promise in there that this could be something. And I think that's really when I kind of took off with it. Because before that, the like the whole Ellis thing, like, yeah, I like to watch him and I was just a kid. So I wasn't, you know, digging deep into the stories like I am now. I, you guys are older, so you probably remember the the whole attitude thing and all that. Like, I I just like seeing him, you know, dribble around and yeah, sure. shoot was, a ton of yeah. shots a game. So, but yeah, that was just at the time I still wasn't as, what's the word? as into it as I am maybe say five or six years later, you know, that was just something I would, if the bucks are on, I'm going to turn it on and watch. But once Giannis got there and things started picking up a little bit, that was when they became like must see for me and something that I would tune into more than just a couple times a week. Honestly, the best kind of relationship I think a book fan could have with Monte Ellis as a book is to just have, just to kind of being occasionally dazzled by the basketball and not know about any of the other stuff or not even kind of have a, a really rich sense of that. So I think you might have you might have benefited from that. That might have been the best way to have the Monte experience. So um I definitely I'd I'd count yourself lucky on that, I think. Um <laughs> there's there's definitely there's definitely moments where I think that era that book sides who do remember all the ins and outs of it would much rather forget. So so that's definitely a good spot to be in. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. So, my next question, maybe it is something that it takes you right at the point where Giannis arrives, although I don't think so, because clearly that's a point that starts to hook you in, and there is the optimism, there is a franchise on the rise, as much as there was that thread of relocation hanging over and prior to the sale, all that stuff. But for you, Dalton, what would you consider to be the low point of your books fandom? Is it back at the start, or is it something a little bit more recent? Well, like I was just saying, the Giannis's rookie year was bad because I believe they went, that was the year they won 15 games. Yeah, so yeah. that was bad. But like I said, there was there was potential in that. Like that was Giannis's first year. You're like, okay, yeah, he's a rookie. We're getting a another draft pick, you know, a pretty high pick. So for me, I think it was, I think it was, this is going to maybe sound weird, but Budenholzer's first year with the Bucks, just because everything looked so, so in place for us to go and win. We steamrolled Detroit. We beat Boston. We were up 2-0 on the Raptors. And I remember just like, we're going to meet the Warriors and we might beat them. Like, and then we didn't. We lost four in a row. And I was just, I was crushed. I was, I was pretty low after that. Like I could live in the past with us. We lost to Boston in seven games the Mm -hmm. year before, I think it was. We lost to the Mm -hmm. Raptors two years before, but they were just, it was, it was right there and so much just didn't happen. That game three was just, just, I might even single it out to that game three, just because like, if we win that, it's, it's probably over. And we, we did not. And that was probably that moment, you know, two years later, who cares? But in the, in in the moment I was pretty crushed. Uh, two years later, who cares? I care. Uh, this this <laughs> came up on our last episode we recorded with uh, Andrew Snyder, who's not a books fan, who was on the, the books bandwagon at times during this. And he was actually flipping the tables a little bit and asking us, you know, what is what is the low point? Because from the outside for him, it's like, well, it's obvious. You know, the bubble is the moment where it crashes and you're like are they going to be able to keep Giannis? You know, is this so bad that things really are going to fall apart from here? And just Jordan and I have both been on the same page. We've had multiple guests of this series now bring it to this point. And it's like, no, it's the, it's the Raptors series. It's the Raptors in 2019 because you're 100% right. They were, they were right there. And that game three, that's the double overtime game, right? That's the yep. one where, you know, you're right there. You can't be any closer to being one game away and with uh, all of the cushion you can ask for to get your, your spot in the finals, you're seconds away, one shot away. And from there, yeah. So as this probably just come across in my voice there, I am not over it because books that have two championships possibly, you know, you're, just, you're looking at an entirely different thing. Um, like, it, it's great that it played out the way it did. And is it ultimately sweeter that we all have this moment that, I don't know, maybe we didn't, as a as a community, as a fan base, I don't know if Bucks fans worked through it in the way that we needed to, now that everyone is still, like, you know, to Raptors in 2019 haunts me a little bit. But 
I think when they ultimately win it, having had that near miss and that, let's be honest about it, collapse, I think it, it does help to make it a little bit more special. But sure, it still haunts me to this day. I think it's what makes it a flashpoint for all of us, obviously, is that it's the first real time that, like, we're talking about the greatest expectations that any team could have. You know, winning a finals, winning a championship. That, like, finally creeps into, you know, our collective mentality or psyche or whatever at that time. Because that season was just paid with gold prior to that. Because it was, like, we had long talked about, like, they have something here, whether it's with, obviously, Giannis, but you could point to Chris, you could point to Brogdon at the time. Jabari obviously had his injuries and they move on from him. But, like, it was, like, there's still ingredients here that can make them a, a team to become a championship caliber team and yeah it was one thing to like talk about like oh they could actually finally win a playoff series but when we're talking about you know going to the finals going through you know play possibly playing against the reigning champs at that time looking for a three-peat and then looking at them and being like we could go toe-to-toe with them and win a, a finals and obviously that didn't come to happen but like it's when like expectations finally creep up and like kind of be like, this is going to happen. This is it's, you know, written in the stars kind of thing. And then to have it be dashed in the way that it is where, you know, they lose that game and we, (laughs) we still win a title. We're still looking at that game. Like that was, we're that close to, you know, winning a series and going on and doing all this stuff and talking about a diet. I think we talked about on previous episodes, but like being viewed as this kind of, I think we've talked about it on every episode yeah but it like keeps a, coming up a dynasty yeah um a dynasty um it's it it would view this era differently rather than kind of i mean it's still pretty great i, I yeah. have to admit <laughs> but yeah it's still the raptors series will still kind of forever be etched in my or i don't know it's still burned in my heart the, the other thing with that, too, though, is like Dalton mentioned, the Celtics series the season before that and the Raptors series before that. So they lose in six to the Raptors, seven to the Celtics, uh, if I'm remembering that right. But it's like going into those. So the first year, it's like, well, Jason Kidd is still a coach. And it's at a point where the things had turned, things had soured is maybe even a better way to put it on Jason Kidd, where I think most people... Not everyone, but the the feeling was more than a kind of small minority that this is not the ideal coach um, to get this team true playoff series, to get them to reach their potential. Then to take that to another extreme, like you've got an interim coach, you've got Joe Prunty by the time you play the Celtics. So it's a completely different thing. And as all of that's going on, the team's good. And in both of those series, really competitive, like... Things break a different way, and certainly if you have a different coach, they could have beaten the, the Raptors in 2017. They certainly, they, they almost beat the Celtics um, with Joe Prunty as coach in 2018. But you come to 2019, and you still have the long-running playoff drought going, and yet it's like it's a formality. It's like no one ever had a, a second thought about, that's over now, they're going to steamroll through Detroit. And that's kind of the weird thing too, and I wonder in hindsight, is that part of it? It's like playoff... Playoff wins were not a thing for the books for that point. And maybe that made it feel all that more urgent for everyone that right now, years later, after a championship, it's still there. Because there was just that feeling of, this is their chance and they've blown it. 
like maybe part of that is even they won a series they had to that was the thing you've got to do <laughs> you've got to win multiple series they could never win the first one to even get going and in that year they do and yeah very painful and i think as you rightly pinpointed it i mean it's i i'd be lying if i said game three is the game i think about all the time but that is the point like that is the point where just a couple of plays go another way and they're in the finals and they're playing a Warriors team that is far from healthy and was certainly there for the taking. Yeah, I guess I wanted to reword that. I care that they lost, but I feel like looking back on it, like where we are now, it's helped me like come to terms with it more. Sure. Just because, just because, you know, we did win. Like if we would have, if KD would have been an inch behind the line and we would have got eliminated again this year, it would have bugged me a lot more. But knowing that we got to that, you know, I like to be the optimist and say, well, it was part of the part of the journey. You know, it helped us get to this point. But in the in the moment, yeah, I was definitely crushed by that. It's never it's never going to be that what if moment now, too, because that is, mm-hmm. you know. Against the Nets, obviously, that the magnitude of the series that they the Bucks win this year or last season, technically, and they go on face Atlanta and obviously go to the finals and stuff like that. Um, it's still not as close as to where they are were that year where they're up 2-0 in the you know conference mm-hmm. finals and everybody could be like, well, that was our shot this this year. You know, like even during times during that net series, everybody was like, well, we're playing with house money. Like it, the expectations of playing against a team like the Raptors, who again were a very good team, they were you know two games shy of off of the Bucks that year for I think second best record in the league. Um. So no slouches by any means, but you look at the star power from that Raptors team compared to this Nets team, and just kind of like how everything oh, changes. Different worlds, yeah, yeah it's different sure. worlds, yeah. Um. Okay, so prior to the championship, and we'll get to the championship and everything that has come as part of the run, um, in a moment. But what was your, what was your favorite books moment before that? Is it a game from one of those series that sticks out to you? Before them winning at all, what what to you would have been your favorite books moment? Um, well, from the playoffs, I definitely think just like just winning Game Seven against the Nets, it was definitely it was the moment where I realized like, hey, we could go and win this year because that whole game, it looked like everything was stacked against us. Like there, were, I remember there were a lot of a lot of weird calls from the refs, a lot of no calls. You know, the Bucks were getting hacked, and we were down like eight at halftime drew and Chris were being drew and Chris for most of the playoffs and missing a lot of their shots. And just to see us, like we took the lead late in the game and it's like, okay, we can really like just win this right now. And then there's two seconds on the shot clock and Brooke passes the ball because he didn't know how much time was left. That was like getting a little worried there. And then we go to overtime and then it was just like, on the edge of my seat the entire time. And then, you know, KD airballs that shot. And it's really like, we're going to win this game and we're going to move on. And we can really go and like win this thing right now. So I feel like that was kind of where it really hit me that the door is open for us to win our first title in 50 years. You know, the Nets were always viewed as the biggest roadblock. And yeah, they weren't healthy, but they were still pretty good. Like, I mean, hats off to Kevin Durant, but getting by him was definitely the moment where I was 
I was a believer, I guess you could say. I, I believed in them before, but after those first two games, you know, it was kind of kind of low because they got just blown off the floor in both of them. But to see them battle back and just win that game seven was definitely definitely a good moment for me, I'd say. Yeah, I that's my favorite moment of the playoffs. I, I don't think we've actually had... Um, because even when we've asked questions of a favorite postseason runs, I, maybe I'm forgetting someone, but I don't think someone's given that yet. It, it always comes down to the finals. And I I was thinking maybe I'm alone on that, but I'm glad to hear you say that. That, that is my, by far, my favorite moments of the postseason. Because, yeah, I believed before, but like you mentioned, belief being less after game two. I did not believe after game two there is... There is audio evidence of me not believing. Jordan, you might have been. Maybe you were. Maybe you missed those episodes. But you, I, I know you didn't believe that much. Um, like, and how could anyone believe, really? I don't, how much did the books believe? Maybe they were freed up by, let's just go out there and play. Like, we'll never actually hear an honest answer. That. But the way that series started uh, was grim, to say the least. And yeah, different a different kind of team entirely. Like Kevin Durant, the way he was in that series, just the Bucks may never come up against a player who plays that well in an individual series ever again. Like that, I don't think that's too much of a stretch. It's very rare to see performances of that level, even when guys play great and they have signature playoff moments and they found a way to win. and They overcame that. And that is always going to be one of my standout memories because I remember, um, Actually, I don't just remember our podcast, Jordan, uh, with Ty and Rohan after that game, but I remember us all just getting on Zoom to do that. And before we even pressed record, just the sheer like elation of, oh my God, they've done it. They beat the Nets. Because, yeah, sure, part of that was the Hawks were next. And without just looking past them, I think all Bucks fans were very confident that certainly before Giannis had his injury scare, the Bucks would have no problems beating the Hawks. But just to get past uh, the Hawks, we didn't even know the Hawks would go though because they were. That's true. That was the day time. before. Um, yeah, that's right. Well, we weren't particularly afraid of the Sixers either, were we? <laughs> <laughs> I think is is the best way of putting that one. Um, but yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that. I I actually I think you you might have misheard me or you jumped the gun. I asked a slightly different question, but I'm glad you gave that answer because it got us to something we haven't got to talk about, and I feel that way. But what I was going to ask, and I'll go back to because I want to know just if there is one. So before last before last postseason, take that out of it, before last season even, was there a moment, maybe it's like one of the games against the Raptors in years past, is there a moment prior to last season that you you were holding on to before that as like, that, that's my best moment as a Bucks fan, or that's my favorite memory? Like, it could be on the court, it could even be something like Giannis winning MVP, I don't know, but was there something like that that stood out to you before the championship. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say before that, though, you were talking about how in the Net Series when we went down 2-0, everybody was like, you know, everybody was down and all that. Everybody mm-hmm. was not really believing. I'd like to say your co-host was kind of like that, too, because I had I had oh, known, he was. I had oh, known yeah. that, like, we were working together at the time, and he had told me that he was going to be leaving after the season. And then when the Nets won game two, he was kind of like, he was packing his bags a little bit. Like he's like, he's like oh, talking yeah. to me. He's like, yeah, 
you know, getting a little closer here. And I'm like, okay, yeah. And then, <laughs> then you know, when that buzzer sounded in game seven, I kind of like messaged him and I'm like, well, we're not done yet. You know, don't, don't go anywhere too soon. But um, I, could totally, I couldn't blame him. I, I, that's funny because I was also on the opposite side of that and that Jordan had shared it with me. And, you know, part of it is I think the Bucks might have won a championship despite Jordan to just, he thought he was out and they were like, well, you're, you're staying we're for a while. We're yeah, back we're, in. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to keep this thing going for as long as possible. Um, well, actually, you know what, to take it, to take it off topic for a second, I, I don't even know really if I've talked about this. Jordan and I talk about the Bucks constantly and in every other way that I've never got to this. But I'll ask you, Dalton, because... I spent, whatever, five, six years at the site, and particularly, you know, the back the back half of that, it's like, it's a really good team, you know? If I'm lucky, one of these years, they might just go win it all, they might win a championship, I might get to kind of chronicle that as as we go through it. And I, I don't think I'm saying anything to surprise Jordan, because I probably, it's a conversation, we probably had in vague terms, like, that go back to 2019 that Raptors time like if they if they'd done it that year I would have finished then <laughs> I definitely would have finished then I'd be like championship great that's that's definitely the way for me to finish and then I remember well it was very selfish but all the same the disappointment of I finished on the bubble um I went <laughs> I went through months and months of is the season going to come back just to hear torture of writing those articles every day to then be like, oh, the bubble's here, and have to do all of that stuff and finish on that. And at that time, you were on board with us. You were on board as a as a contributor on the site too, Dalton. But what was it like for you to, okay, not just all this is really focusing on being a fan, but you alongside Jordan at Behind the Book Pass, day to day throughout that championship run, you're doing the chronicling of the team winning a championship as it goes along. Like, you may not realize that until you get to game after game five in the finals it doesn't quite <laughs> it doesn't quite no one would would allow themselves to really believe up until that point but that's actually what was happening so what was that like yeah i think like adversity was definitely a big part of it because like in round one against the heat you know chris hits that shot in overtime and everybody's like oh the it took a chris middleton game winner to beat miami on the on the bucks floor and then we steamroll them but then we lose Dante, so it's like, okay, you're without your starter. Go to round two, you're down 0-2 to the Nets. You do come back. The Hawks, Giannis gets hurt. You don't know if he's coming back. And then the finals were down 0-2. So there was just new adversity every round, and you really had to take it game by game. Like, mm-hmm. the the emotions just change so much. Like, the Nets series is kind of the perfect example because we're down 0-2. All of Twitter is just, just a mess. Everybody just just hates it but then we win two and it's like okay you know okay we're back in this and then game five we're up by 17 in the third quarter and it's like okay we're gonna go up three two here and then we don't we don't go up three two we lose those carlisle rumors were hot right there (laughs) I, (laughs) i just thought that was so funny at the time like they're they're playing and it's just like oh you know rick carlisle and mike d'antoni you know they got some interest in coaching the Bucks, and it's like hey um bud must have just like flipped the switch there because after those rumors came out he was he was pretty good but that whole series you know just just how up and down it was and another is the the finals after game two you know Giannis is 
just pouring his heart out. You know, he's playing on the leg. He, he had just had 42, I think it was, in game two. And Chris and – I don't remember what they were, but Chris and Drew were just awful. And then post-game, they're smiling. And I was somebody I was somebody that was mad about that with that picture. Oh, you were mad about the smiling, were you? I, I was mad. I remember I wrote, a piece, I wrote a piece, like something about Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday got to turn the tide at home or something like that. And I was just just all anger coming out in there because I'm like, Giannis is out here, you know, just just giving it all he's got. And you guys can't make a shot. And to their credit, they did. They did turn it on at home. And we came back and won. And game six was – or not game – yeah, game six, they were pretty rough. But they hit some big shots down the stretch. So just so up and down. But it's so hard to do that as a writer, you know, because you're like, well, we won the game. But yeah. what's it gonna what's it gonna look like in the next game? You know, yeah, it's just you're, you're it, it's trying just not to be dangerous. prisoner of the moment too, right? You're trying to zoom out, zoom in. It's like you're trying to, and also like in the case of all three of us, when we've done that, we're we're fans of the team too. So it's like that's the thing that I I mean, both of you can answer to this or speak to, it, but I I did I was making fun of Jordan at the time, like after big games, like as much as I always in my head wanted to be there and doing it for this run something like game seven against the nets happens and i'm like that's the look jordan because <laughs> i have no idea even like how maybe part of it is just something that was second history for a long time i was so out of practice with it that i couldn't but the emotional like intensity of all of that the idea of just sit down and put it down like i it, it made me think about why you often hear journalists, you hear reporters, like beat reporters who may be in a locker room, and they talk about, you know, requiring a distance. Even even as they grow attached to a team, they require a certain distance. Because in that time, I was like, my God, how tough must that be for the likes of Jordan, the likes of you, Dalton? So I don't know if you even remember that, like post-game seven against the Nets, or to even push it to its extreme after game six against the Suns. What's it like to sit down and try to unscramble your brain to the point where you're going to put something good and coherent down. Cause it's not even just that you're writing something. It's like you're writing a piece say on the books, winning a championship that if someone decided to search anything on that website, 10 years from now, they might be like, Oh, I wonder what was there when they won a championship. Yeah. I feel like kind of going off that, the obviously I like, I like to write more when they win, you know, because I sure. have, I'm obviously in a better mood, but I feel like the better pieces come out when they lose just because they like oh, in, yeah. the, in the moment. I'm just so like that piece I wrote about Chris and Giannis or not Chris and Giannis, Chris and Drew. Chris and Drew. I, I was just so mad in the moment that I could just let it all out onto the paper. But it's just when they won, I didn't really like, I didn't really like know what to do. Like I just three takeaways. Um, well, <laughs> They won, you know, what else, what else am I supposed to say? Oh, uh, Chris hit a shot in the clutch. Cool. Nobody, nobody cares. They just won. You know, I could just put yeah. one takeaway. The drought is over, you know? And yeah, it's just throughout the, yeah, throughout the run, it was definitely a weird thing to do. And I'd say another time it was really hard was after Giannis's injury, like that whole next, that night and the whole next day when we knew nothing I just couldn't write anything. Like I didn't know like what to say, you know, like in the takeaways, I think I was just like, yeah. Like I was just like, 
I don't know what to say. We don't know if our season's over. We don't know if he's going to come back. We don't know if he gonna if we're going to make the finals. You know, can Chris and Drew play? And to their credit, they did. And then we won. But it's just so, so weird, you know, just so up and down, like I said. But, yeah, definitely when they lose, I feel like there's more. Those are the, the more interesting ones, I would say, because I – I just go off on those. So you should have been around a few years earlier. That's all I'll say. Um, <laughs> I was not there for the Raptor series, but I'm sure you guys had some things to say in there. The Raptor series, we were probably like, that was such a high at the time relative to it's, it's funny. Cause now even my, we were definitely it, like, it was gutting in that moment, but based on what we had gone through, uh, watching the team and writing about up to that point, it's like, yeah, well, they did still. You know, they lost in lost in the conference finals. You know, it it has been a lot worse than that. Um, but no, it's it's funny. I guess there's probably very few people listening who are going to be able to to relate exactly to this. But over the years, there'll always be these times where you know it could be the best possible news, it could be the worst possible news. But I'd get a push notification on Twitter on my phone or something, or Jordan would send me a message or Ty would send me a message. And all of a sudden I'm going scrambling to write something. And I'd often be, you know, you're kind of, you're, you're writing before you're processing it in some cases. So you may be figuring out how you feel about it in the process of writing. And by the end, you're like, Oh, I guess that's, that's where I come down on that. Or this is where I'm at. And just the idea of, the point they reached it, it was something that to me i i did think about and i had some fun with jordan about it because it's just like i i definitely wouldn't have been um there may be no articles for days there maybe maybe no one would have cared people would understood but um it's just to actually have to hit that switch and i don't know maybe even the championship it's something that like for you guys you can't quite let it set in until you've written whatever you need to be written. I know in some of our pods we were doing where we were, uh, we were all elated after some of those games and then we'd finish and you would have to then write whatever it could be takeaways or grades or something on a game. But I will say, I remember when Jordan and I started doing takeaways for, for post game piece of my pass. And I don't think like at that moment, I ever envisaged the possibility of someone having to sit down and be like, three takeaways from a game when the books have just clinched the championship. So yeah. if, if, if in some way me bringing that in for some preseason game, like five years ago, man, you have to actually think about that problem on championship boarding. I apologize for that. Um, <laughs> okay. So do you think there's anything special, maybe unique about being a books fan? Um, yeah, one thing I kind of I've kind of always thought about like, you know, you look at the NBA today, everybody, all the the big teams are obviously like the the Nets and the Lakers. They're not really like they're not like us, you know, the Bucks, they drafted this skinny kid out of Greece who nobody knew, you know, he went like 15th and he he worked to get to this point and like Chris was Chris was a second round pick that was a throwaway and for filler and we we built him up to this so seeing those two do that and yeah you traded for drew and brooks signed as a free agent but it's not like the nets or the lakers where all the stars are just coming together you know like the nets the nets and the lakers didn't like 
grow any of those guys like the Bucks did. And I feel like that's something to be proud of. Like when Giannis looked at Chris after the championship and said, hey, you know, we did it. Like this is a team that was worst team in the league, had a, just a terrible record. And I I did a thing about it. The Their first year together in 2K, they were both like, they both had the worst rating you could have. And to see where they are like now, like Giannis is tied for the best and Chris is like, Chris is one of the better at his position. And just to see that, that growth from those two, I think that's something to be proud of, I guess is the word or something, maybe not take pride. Cause you know, I don't like know them, I guess, but just mm-hmm. something that you can say that you have over those other big teams like that. And that's something that I've always like took the pride in because it just feels like seeing them each year, there's been like plenty of, plenty of letdowns, I guess, just as a whole, but seeing them just get up and win the first title in 50 years after seeing where they came from, that's definitely something I feel is unique about the team and the franchise. And I think the thing with that, even for being a fan, is it's not a case of, that kind of goes beyond the championship too, because it's even if the books weren't at this level and they were trying to do something, that's the way they're always probably going to have to do it. It seems very unlikely that there'll be a different path to it like whenever and hopefully it's soon but if and when the books win another championship again it's very unlikely to be a case of someone will have dropped in out of the blue out of nowhere and been a key player on it instead it is going to be an exchange of those kind of those looks that Chris and Yaz had which it's years of hard work it's years of kind of going through it that gets them to that point I, I just I don't think there's a different path to it for the books ever and that that's fine and it's kind of you can't embrace that like i don't know is greg monroe still the highest profile free agent signing in franchise history maybe brooke brooke was an all-star brooke probably rivals him i'd say brooke but even you just saying that that's just kind of a you know thinking about where we are now to thinking about what you just said that's that's tough but But well, it's also I, like that's that could be it in five years again, and it, it kind of shows. It does show the path that the books have to take, and like it is really it is hard earned when they get to not just winning a championship, but to even where they were, where they were losing to the Raptors in the conference finals. Like their path to that is more difficult than even a Raptors. Absolutely, I I definitely feel that, and even kind of like you said, like yeah, nobody's gonna want to come to Milwaukee. Like last off season, I remember. Harden said that Milwaukee was one of his preferred destinations. And I'm like, no, it's not. You just said that because you know, they just, you know, they just <laughs> traded, they traded all their stuff for Drew. So they don't have anything to give the Rockets for, for you. You know, we can't give you the eight picks that the Nets gave you. So you're just saying that. So it seems like you'll go anywhere, but. But even that, right. When that happens, like, I, I always think that's fun for books fans in a way that with another fan base you may just like gloss over it like maybe the starting point of that in recent memory was um, before Monroe signs when DeAndre Jordan was supposedly going to meet with the books and it was a different version of DeAndre Jordan to what he is now AD, didn't Anthony Davis have that? I was going to say that the books yeah. were supposedly on AD's list and at the time everyone's kind of scratching their head but there is also a thing because it's the books we're able to be like hey it's, it's just cool to be on the list like Maybe it's just for leverage, like the Harden situation. But isn't it good to be on the list? You know, um, we're all that we're all that uh, Reddit poster 
that did the Dwight Howard come to Milwaukee thing where everybody's like, this is what... <laughs> this is like dark times. Dark times. <laughs> Gus Johnson was very excited about Dwight. Um, okay, so you mentioned Game 7. Is that your favorite run from the postseason or is there is there a finals run? Is there a moment that beyond that for you you would say is your favorite championship memory? Yeah, I would definitely, I would definitely say just Game 7, just how... Like, yeah, obviously the block in the finals and the Drew Steele in game five, those are great. And game six is just Giannis had a great performance. I love to think about that. But I think just overcoming the Nets because everybody had written us off down to, and yeah, the Nets had some bad luck. But like I said, once we won that game, it was like, we're the best team left. Like, even if Philly made it, Philly was the one seed. I had faith we could beat Philly and we didn't have to play Philly, but... We got Atlanta, beat them, even though the it was pretty pretty turbulent because Giannis got hurt, and then mm-hmm. he comes back, and then we win the final. So I would definitely say Game 7 against the Nets. Maybe that whole series, just because it was so so hectic, and, you know, <laughs> it was day-to-day, just, you know, am I going to be – Am I going to be happy about what am I seeing or am I going to be sad about what I'm seeing? It was just, you didn't know. You really had to just sit down for the two and a half hours and you didn't know what was going to happen each night. And Just that, that whole series, you know, I'll always think about it. I'll think about how nervous I was down the stretch in game seven. Giannis's big shot in overtime, Chris's big shot in overtime. And just that feeling of winning it. I, I was there with some friends and it was just, nobody could believe it. Like we just sat there after the buzzer went off and we're like, we won like that's that's crazy I didn't think we were gonna do that but yeah definitely definitely game seven of if I had to single out one game but game six is definitely up there two of the finals well that's that's great I really we haven't heard that much and I really I think that is my answer so um I'm glad to hear I'm not alone in having that particular perspective so when the books win it all, when the final buzzer goes in game six, aside from possibly having to think about what you're going to write about it, what what did it mean to you to see them do that? And then I wonder, like, does your football fandom, like, how does it factor into that? Obviously, there's, there's all the title town stuff and there's all the associations around the Packers and the idea of the Packers winning a championship is never, like... It's, it's not far, and it's never too far away. It's like, I think people can always find reasons to believe that that could be close. And from my experience, that's certainly with Wisconsin sports fans. It's like, yeah, yeah, sure, the Packers could, you know, it, it means everything. It would be great, but the Packers could at any moment come along, find the right team, everything clicks, and you, you win a title. That is very much the opposite of the, how the feeling has been about the books over the years, and probably even more so than true some of your time supporting the team, particularly the earlier years. So when it happens, and then when you're watching Giannis and Chris, Bud Embrace, or the Larry O'Brien trophy in their arms, what, what was that feeling like for you? Oh, I feel like since I since I took over, basketball, or took over at the site, like just came out as a contributor, I feel like basketball definitely like leapfrogged football for the one that I like. Like my family's still huge into football, but I'm definitely the, the basketball one and it would have been great to see the Packers win last year because then you would have had, you know, Packers, Bucks, and the Brewers. Brewers look pretty good now too, but it's, 
I was, it's, it's hard to say, you know, because I do have that spot for the Packers and they, like you said, they've been great for like the past decade or so with Rodgers, maybe even more, except for there were a couple bad years in between there. But I think it's great to see the Wisconsin teams are coming up, you know, like they're all kind of good right now. The Bucks are going to go into next season as defending champs. Who knows what's going to happen with the Brewers, the Packers, they have Aaron Rodgers. They could go and win it this year. And that's, I, that's crazy. You know, I, I never would have thought like the three teams would have been like at a position to all be good at the same time. And... It, could, it could still happen. I've been saying it to Jordan. The the three teams could still all hold, hold their titles all at once. I mean, it's, it certainly is on the Packers. I am, uh, you may or may not know this based on my tweets. I am a brand new Packer fan. I've been going, <laughs> Going along this ride in recent weeks, um, and it's 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 been quite a ride through the first three weeks. Week one, I was like, "Well, this was a terrible decision. What am I doing <laughs> with my life?" Uh, but you know what? Week week three had me feeling pretty good. You're like, "Oh, Aaron Rodgers has still got it. This this seems promising." Um, it's it's entirely possible, which I I don't really know how often, if ever, that happens or gets this close for any. Any state. Um, I think Boston is the only because the Patriots, Celtics, and Red mm-hmm. Sox. Um, a recent memory, I should say, because they all had their dips too. But like, to even have to, to have that, you're like having the conversation. It's like it is so rare. Like it is a real golden age where I hope Wisconsin sports fans realize just how lucky that they have it right now and enjoy every moment of it because it could it could still happen dalton we could still you could still be you know by the time um the nba playoffs roll around where the books may or may not continue a reign as champions it's it's in play that the packers and the the brewers could definitely have a championship by then too absolutely and i'm i'm really looking forward to it like you said the packers have been up and down so far, but you got to feel good after that win at San Francisco. So I'm looking forward to see what they, what they and the Brewers do. You know, I expecting big things, I guess, especially after what the Bucks did, that definitely should have motivated them a little bit, but. Yeah. A different, different kind of level of belief and energy to kind of course through fan bases too. And even, um, I'm a big golf fan. I was like, you're watching the Ryder cup and the Ryder cups there in Wisconsin. There is this, there's this kind of thing of like, Wisconsin as the sporting capital of the world right now, which uh, let's hope that could continue for a few more months. <laughs> um, okay, so if you're to pinpoint one one moment, like your favorite moment is Game 7, do you think that's the thing that you'll remember? Or if it's 20 years from now, do you, do think, do you think we're all going to kind of boil down to, okay, the pinpoint moment for me is like, it's the value or the sum block or whatever it might be. Is that, is there one play that for you, you're going to latch on to? No. Yeah. In like 20 years down the road, I definitely think a lot will be like forgotten about the net series. Like, you know, you go on Twitter now, you got all the, the Harden fans and the KD fans saying, Oh, well we were hurt in 20 years. People aren't going to be on Twitter saying, well, yeah, for the, sure. the Bucks. The Bucks got a Band-Aid ring because Kyrie and Harden were hurt. Like, no, people are people are going to remember the big plays. They're going to remember Giannis had fifty. You're going to remember the block. You're going to remember the value. So, yeah, definitely, definitely that little stretch in the finals there. I'd say Game Six the most, just because 
like they, they were wearing the statement jerseys and Giannis definitely made a statement. I feel like that was the moment after being told for so many years, you can't be a number one on a team. You're not going to win anything in Milwaukee. He just says, well, here's 50. I'm, yeah. I'm going to grab like 14 rebounds. I'm going to block five shots and here we go. Like I'll, that, that'll definitely always stick with me. And like, I'm not going to remember, I'll remember the net series, but I'm not going to remember it like how I do now, you know, like, sure. So, so rarely, I obviously, obviously I wasn't alive when they won the first championship, but even like 30 years ago or something, I'm not going to remember who the Bucks played in the second round of the playoffs, even if it is such a high profile team, but you're going to remember the game that you, they're the series that you won it all. You know, there was so mm-hmm. much going on in that series. Is Giannis hurt? You know, is he going to play? Can can Drew and Chris play? And then those plays in four games, four, five, and six, that's definitely what's going to stick with me more. And that's not to discredit what I just said about the net series, but I definitely feel like the finals will be more memorable down the line just because it's the finals. And that was the series where you ended the drought, not the net series, even though I said earlier that was – kind of felt like winning the finals because it felt like we were the best team left, but definitely the finals, I'd say. And then lastly, the most important question of all, do you think they can avoid another 50 year wait? Do you have faith that there's another championship coming soon for Milwaukee books? I absolutely do. Everybody, everybody kind of wrote us off, you know, everybody's like, Oh, the Nets will be back. The Lakers will be back. But like, they were saying that last year. They were saying that we weren't going to win it all this year, and we had some luck, but every championship team has luck, and maybe we'll get some more next year. But I think I think we're better than we were last year. You know, if you you see what I post on Twitter, I am a Grayson Allen believer. You know, that's probably going to be our new shooting guard, and I think, I think he's going to do great, you know. I'm really excited about it. I think I think Rodney Hood's a big, a big if. Like, if he's healthy from he was just hit with injuries last year but if he's back to pre-injury Rodney Hood that's maybe like 10 12 points off the bench and just those little complimentary guys it'll be great to have George Hill back I know there was a lot of Teague talk during the playoffs uh, aside from game game six I think it was against Atlanta where he just he hit like he was three for three from three but I just think we're better and I think they're gonna have that confidence now like hey we we won, you know, like Chris was saying yesterday during the media day thing that there's there's a chip off his shoulder or there's some weight off his shoulder because they won. And like he just been criticized year after year for just not being able to be that second option on the team. You know, the Raptor series, I was I was critical of him for what he did because he was he was not good. But, you know, we saw him come up clutch again and again throughout the playoffs and he's got to feel pretty good right now. And Giannis has got to feel pretty good. He just won a, just won a championship after everybody was saying he'd never do it in Milwaukee. And he's got five more years. And I feel like they should definitely be confident. You know, Drew will have another year under his belt. Bobby will be more integrated into the system, I guess. And I, I don't think it'll take long at all. I feel like, you know, I was thinking about this during the title run. Giannis is 26 right now. How good is he going to be 
in five to seven years. He's going to be going to be really good. And I'm thinking like down the line, obviously I don't have any real math for this or anything like that, but I don't think there's going to be anybody like close to him. Like you could say maybe Luca might be up there, but in five years, you know, it's going to be his league. It might be right now, but it's going to be Giannis all the way. And I'm, I'm excited for that. So I think, I definitely think it's not going to take 50 more years. I hope not. I hope I'm not jinxing it, but. I don't think we'll lay the blame at your feet if it, if it <laughs> does take uh, 50 more years. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. There's, that's the interesting thing. Like, I think Giannis has probably won one now in his athletic prime. Like, he's right at the point that you'd say, well, this is probably the best he's going to be at athletically. But as you see over the years in the NBA, there's two parts to that. There's also the what do you become when you're more mature and you just know how to win, you know? And that, I guess that's kind of what we've seen for the back half of LeBron's career. Like, really, he, he only kind of started winning them once he reached that kind of point when he went to the Heat um, and how that kind of changed him as a player too. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see how all of that uh, how all of that unfolds. And, yeah, fingers crossed we do not have to wait 50 years. This has been great, though. Thanks for thanks for jumping on and talking through it and uh, giving us a a sense of your your book's journey, Dalton. I definitely, in your case, this is very very important. So I'm going to clear out here, and I'm gonna we all we still we do our best to continue to plug. You know, there'll be constant name drops on this podcast, but let the listeners know where they where they can find your work, where they can check out all of your book stuff. Yeah, well, you can find me on Twitter at cell underscore Dalton. And then, like they said earlier, I am the site co-expert at Behind the Buck Pass for Fansided. It's Behind the Bucks on Twitter. And just really hoping for a good season. You know, we got preseason basketball coming up, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited for the new year, and I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, it should be a lot of fun. If if by some chance, I maybe there are, maybe there are people who have come along to uh, to the pod more recently, but I would think most people listening are pretty familiar with Behind the Book Pass, and I'd hope regular readers, because otherwise why they're listening to Jordan and I is a mystery. <laughs> uh, but if there is anyone out there who's not, make sure to go and check it out. Dalton and all of the team over there do some really great work. All right. That does it for this episode. Um, we've we've got a few more of these lined up, and obviously the books are very much nearing action. So we'll we'll get into some more kind of regular groove and routine talking, the day to day, the game to game of books action too. But to make sure you don't miss any of our future episodes, subscribe to us wherever you get your podcasts. That's the Eurostep Podcast Network. That's where you get all episodes of Winning Six plus the Eurostep Podcast. You can also subscribe on Substack. If you sign up to gspn.substack.com, you'll get mails directly to your inbox that will notify you of when new pods drop. Also, any any writing that Jordan and I, Ty or Rowan do or anything we share on there, it will drop straight in your inbox. We're also on Twitter, at Winning6Podcast. That's numerical value six. You can go follow us there if you want. I think that's pretty much it. I think we're all out of plugs. Until next time, thanks again to all of you for listening. Thank you, Dalton. Thank you guys for having me. It was a blast. You know, I've been listening for a while, and I was, like I said before, I was thrilled to come aboard, so I had a good time. Good good seeing you guys, too. You know, we don't get too many of these 
face-to-face interaction, so... We don't. It's always good. Thanks again for coming on, and thank you, Jordan. Thank you! The headlines remind us daily, the world is a dangerous place. The elites in charge say everything's fine, stop noticing, but you know better. And your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos. My Patriot Supply has helped over three million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com